Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Good morning. It's good to see you all. He's doing a good thing, you guys. I love worshiping with y'all. It's one of my favorite times of the week. I, uh, I just felt the Lord in worship today again. Uh, he's showing up, and I feel like it's an invitation into hunger. And, uh, and the hungry get fed. <laughs> the hungry get filled. Uh, I'm excited for this day. I've, I, I've been sitting with this vision for quite a few years, about five. Um, however, uh, it serves the vision of our house. The vision of our house is that we are raising leaders to reign in life and restore cities to look like heaven on earth. And this, um, I, had, I had these two consecutive dreams and visions, and, uh, and I felt the Lord inviting our body into something. And the first one was I was entering into this giant room with the Father. I alluded to these last week, but I just want to re- revisit them. But I, I entered into this giant room with the Father, and there were giant pieces of glass, and they were stacked up like slabs of granite in a granite yard. And I'm talking to the father. I'm saying, what's going on here? What are these? And he's like, oh, they're, they're kingdom blueprints. And I, and I was, I was baffled because nobody was looking at them. I was like, well, where's everybody? He's like, oh. And I couldn't see him directly. He's like, oh, only the laid down lovers can see these. So then I lay down on the ground and I look to my side and there's etched in glass, just kingdom blueprints. And they were, they were lined up, you guys. Like, it was an invitation for all of us. Like, he has secrets of the heavenlies that he wants to show us. And so then, uh, shortly following, I had another vision. And I'm, at, I'm looking at our city from an aerial view. And it's a map of our city. And there's homes. And in the homes... There's sparks of fire just popping up left and right. And people are gathering. And they're not gathering just for fun. They're not gathering just to eat. They are gathering around this fire. The fire in the presence of God and the hunger was drawing them in. And, and I just watched neighbors coming. I watched the lady at the park that we just met coming. I, I watched the co-workers, like, drawn to a fire. And so I've, I've been praying into this ever since and just kind of waiting with the Lord. Like, what do you want us to do with this, Lord? What are you inviting us to? And, you know, we've, we've like, our church has gone through seasons. You know, we all go through seasons with our own families. Like, oh, this was this season, this was this season. We had a season of building a beautiful school of ministry and being a church plant from nothing. 
And that lasted a lot of years. Probably the first nine, we were very focused on, can we build this school? And, um, and then we shifted into, we are a mobile church. <laughs> and you guys, that was a wild season to be breaking down and tearing, like tearing down, setting up week after week after week when your entire church and everything you own could fit into a giant trailer. And we worked hard to do church in that season, you know? And there's so much more to church than a Sunday morning. And in the meantime, I, I have just a crazy high honor for the people who have stewarded families and stewarded home groups in our body for these years. They, I mean, if you... Mike and Kim, I think I think Mike might be still meeting, but I have this enormous honor for them stewarding these groups. I have this enormous honor for people who have cleaned their bathrooms <laughs> twice a month and opened their home for the last six to ten years. If those are you, any of those I just mentioned, would you stand up that you were leading home groups for the last six to ten years? Wow. Wow. This, my parents, we grew up having a home group in our house. It is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> However, the, the richness that happens in your home, the presence of God that is just oozing out of your home is so priceless. And so I, though we have not had the energy to throw our efforts behind it um, in these past years, I felt the Lord say, it's a shift. Like we are throwing our energy into this. He is breathing on this. And it is a mechanism to raise leaders. We, it, our call is raising leaders to reign in life and restore cities. This is going to be part of raising leaders. Kristen tells, tells me about her her group and her home, and it's full of leaders. You know, everyone's bringing their song. Everyone's bringing their, their prophetic word. Everyone's showing up with what they have to give and what they need. And it's just this beautiful reciprocal environment. And, um, and so I just, I just have an enormous honor for the seeds that people have sown year after year and just and the people that have been pastored in these homes. It's been beautiful. And so I, I think it's, I, I love the Lord. I love how, we all love the Lord, but one thing I love about him is he, he really keeps in front of us. Like, I think he knows things before we do. And I think, I say I think when I know. He definitely knows. <laughs> So I feel the Lord has been setting us up. <laughs> in January or February, Paul Manwaring gives us this prophetic word, and he says, hey, there are things in previous rooms of Bethel Atlanta. There are, there are experiences and breakthroughs and testimonies that have happened 
previously in different seasons, in different rooms of this family's history that are actually intended to be part of the foundation today. And you need to go back, revisit them, and bring them into today because they're part of what the foundation is supposed to be laid before you build upwards. And so I'm just laughing about this word because he knows and he knew before we knew. And, and home groups are in our DNA probably more than almost anything else. And we, we, this church started in a home. It started, and I would be honoring my parents right now if they were here. <laughs> it started in my parents' home above their garage with hungry people. And these hungry people heard of God doing miraculous signs and wonders, of God moving today like they'd never seen, of him showing up in the room. They gathered and watched videos. <laughs> They gathered on a, I don't know, Friday night, I think it was, and gathered and watched videos of Pastor Bill Johnson in Reading, Pastor Chris Vallotton in Reading, and they worshiped together. It's part of who we are. It's part of our foundation. Uh, the same exact time, we were meeting in a home group in our home on Lake Reading Drive in California with 35 people from all over the country that all heard the Lord and said, can we do something like what we're experiencing in Reading in Atlanta? So we were gathering together in a home week after week, sharing prophetic words, dreaming into this house. So this is part of our DNA. So when I'm thinking, God says, go back and visit those foundations, that is a foundational part of who we are. And, uh, you know, the thing I see that the Lord is inviting us into is hunger. When I was having, when the Lord was showing me these, these homes from that aerial view, I was reminded of my days in campus ministry. Uh, me and Brent went to Georgia Tech, and that's uh, where we just spent our whole energy pouring into that campus ministry as students. And there was a season that the room was about this size, and there were 400 people, college students, sitting on the floor, um, and it was hot, and there was no good air condition to keep up, and the windows were open, and people were bringing their lawn chairs outside of the windows to see what God was doing in the room. There was this hunger, like, it felt like a biblical hunger, like a the woman with the issue of blood, can I touch his garment? Can I be a part of what God's doing on the earth? And I, as, I, as I saw this aerial view, I felt this invitation to hunger. Like, what is possible? What, what does God want to do? And you know, when you, when you experience the Lord together, there's something that knits our hearts together. I, I think we probably all have moments like embedded in our history that we're like, oh, we went after the Lord and I am, my heart is forever knitted to that person's heart. And so those CCF days, campus ministry days, they marked me. They marked me by observing hunger. And, and I want to be those people. 
Like we, Bethel Atlanta, are hungry people. And the hungry get filled. And uh, part, of, part of my and my parents' story and Brent's story, we, we, did, we did youth ministry for 20 years probably, at least 15. And we met above the garage in my parents' house. <laughs> and, I mean, my parents have had so many people through that house. It's unbelievable. And we, we had a normal youth group, 40, 50, probably 30, 40 kids. And they looked like me. And we were all just like, you know, regular preppy high school kids, you know. And all of a sudden, we started having an entire crowd of gothic kids coming to this home group or to this uh, youth group. And they did not look like me. They didn't act like me. <laughs> they, they were chain smokers. They, they smelled of smoke. They were covered in, they, were, they wore full black all the time, black nails, fishnets on their legs, on their arms, and they were hungry. <laughs> they, were, they saw something, and they're like, we don't recognize this. And they, they were hungry. And I blinked, and two months passed, and there are 80 kids in our house, and there are 40 gothic kids and 40 not gothic kids. <laughs> I dressed gothic one day, you guys. <laughs> just because we were like trying to, you know, like we're just being part, having fun. My brother did not recognize me. <laughs> I kid you not. I, I had them help me though. So I had all the gear, all the fishnets and all the... <laughs> I was also doing baptisms that night and leading my youth group. Forgot that I was wearing gothic dress and was meeting a mother of a kid getting baptized, and she was very taken aback. I was like, oh, I don't dress like this all the time. <laughs> it was great. Y'all, but those kids, it was inconvenient. Like, their parents didn't drive them to youth. I went and picked them up. Not all of them, but... And I never picked up other kids. Like, their, their parents didn't, didn't teach them like my parents. Like, they, they didn't raise them with the gospel in front of them. These kids hadn't heard. They didn't know. They had never been invited. We had 40 kids smoking in our yard. Because they, they couldn't go without it. It was inconvenient. It was a little uncomfortable. They would never have stepped into our church. And they were so hungry. Can we make space for the hunger? I want to lead in hunger, but I have a feeling there's going to be really hungry people coming alongside of us that we don't recognize yet. I have to make room. I got to be okay with my house smelling like smoke for three days after, because it did. And I felt his presence falling in this room in a more tangible way. 
and it's an invitation. I, I, I feel the glory stepping in and him saying, will you hunger? Will you make room? Will you make space? Will you lay aside what I think it should look like? Can I be inconvenienced? Hunger pulls on heaven. Our call is to make our city look like heaven. Bringing heaven to earth. Hunger pulls it into now. When we were in Mexico two weeks ago, we had such a privilege to be at this conference with 3,000 other people. And, uh, and just some heroes of this faith were preaching. Um, and uh, I'm trying to remember who it was. The, one who's, the guy who's coming here. <laughs> Thanks. Randy Clark was preaching. <laughs> He'll be here in November. <laughs> um, he was preaching. And me and Danielle were just holding up the wall downstairs, taking a breather, because it was exhausting. And we started just feeling the presence of God. And I have no idea what Randy said. He was just sharing testimony after testimony after testimony. And there was a, I felt it though. I was, like there was a tangible increase in hunger in the room. It was, it was wild. It was like nothing I've ever felt. 3,000 people, the potential to be chaotic, Instead, you're, you're wondering, oh, my goodness, there's something happening in this, in this space. We're standing there against the wall, and this girl walks up, 20-year-old, walks up to us. And we're, we're just kind of soaking in his presence. And, and she's like, hey, can I, can I, can I pray with y'all? And Danielle's like, where's your boot? You had a cast on yesterday. She's like, oh, I'm healed. I'm fed. I'm fine. It's, it's off. <sighs> So Danielle prayed for her the day before. So she joins us, and we're just, we're just sitting in his presence and so hungry for what is being stirred up in the room. And uh, she's like, wait, can I go get my friend? And we're like, okay, go get your friend. She runs. She brings back two girls. She's like, I brought two. I'm like, okay, this is awesome. So we're just, I got an extra friend. And so there's now five of us just standing there. We're, we're slightly making a scene, but really the, the, the room's pregnant with anticipation. The room's pregnant with hunger. It's in the air. It's touchable. It's grabbable. It's the hunger that you can pull heaven into now. And she's like, can I go get another friend? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Before we know it, there's like seven of us standing there. And we're just praying with hopeful anticipation and hunger. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. And I just feel the Lord saying, anything can happen. Can we raise our hope? <laughs> raise our expectancy? Raise our anticipation, raise our hunger, and pull <laughs> what he has for us into now. And, and we're, just, we're just there in the basking in what he's doing as there are stories just filling the stadium. And he just keeps going, story after story. And 
you know, Moses, he, he wouldn't go somewhere without God. If you're not going, I don't want to go. We don't want to go if he's not going anywhere. We have no time for that. Really? I mean, <laughs> we got plenty of other places to be, things to do. I only want to go where he's going. I only want to partner with what he's doing. I only want to hunger and thirst after him. Mom had a dream lately about horses with blinders on that are racing. And those blinders are for their protection. So they're not seeing all the other horses around them. And it's that narrow focus. I have a narrow focus on him and him alone. I'm not going to be, you know, distracted. And hunger, hunger in the kingdom is maturity. Hunger looks like I can be full and still hungry. To steward being full while hungry is a really beautiful tension in the kingdom. I'm grateful for what the Lord's doing. I'm grateful how he's showing up in my life. I'm grateful that his presence is thick. Oh, but I'm so hungry, Father. I have to have more. And I'm so satisfied but want more. <laughs> it's that give, like that, it's that tension of, oh, this is so wonderful. There's still more. He's showing up and inviting us to the more. You know, children, when they get sick, they lose their hunger. Their appetite's gone. They're like, I don't want anything. Are you sure? I'll give you your favorite everything. No, I don't want anything. Healthy people are hungry. Hunger is a version of health. It's a sign of health. Hunger keeps us in a place of dependence. He, you know, without him, we can do nothing. <laughs> we forget that. But when we're hungry, I think we remember, oh, I can't do anything with, apart from you, Father. I can't do anything apart from you. I've been on a journey of dependence with the Lord for the last four months to like a new level with my health. And it's just a, it's a, it's a very beautiful, challenging walk of, oh, things I used to be able to do, I can't do. That positions my mind into dependence. <laughs> like, oh, I used to be able to pull on my own strength. <laughs> Ah, that's not there. <laughs> I used to be able to pull on my own ability to push through. Oh, I don't have that. It postures our heart into a dependent place that, oh, you're the only answer. <laughs> David in the Bible was so blessed. Like overcome, overwhelmed with the favor of the Lord. And in Psalms 40, 17, I'm so poor and needy. 
yet was surrounded by plenty. <laughs> he said, as for me, I'm poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You're my help and my deliverer. Like to maintain that posture of, oh, I'm so dependent on you, Lord, in the midst of it all. You know, when we get, when we get squeezed, even as Dan was talking about financially, our dependence changes. Can I posture my heart in a dependent, reliant on the Father posture? You know, when we fast, you're hungry. <laughs> Literally. Like, I want all the things. It models a dependence like, oh, wow, I need you, Father. <laughs> I believe there's an impartation of a grace for hunger. I believe the Lord is showing up in our midst and inviting us to take a step into more hunger. I believe he's saying, can you be hungry while being full? Can you be hungry while I pour out my spirit? Can you hold that hunger? Because in that picture of these homes with their fires in them, people were hungry. And it wasn't just us. It was the neighbor. It was the friend. It was the gothic kid. It was, the, it was, it was an invitation to touch our city. In Luke 1, 53, it says, He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He fills the hungry, but those rich, which I, I think it could have many meanings, but in, in my interpretation and in reading some commentaries, those rich, they didn't have a need for anything. So people are coming to the Father, and the hungry are getting filled, and those that have no need are getting sent away. I never want to be sent away. <laughs> if the blessing caused us to not hunger, we got to leave that. <laughs> We, we have to have those blinders up. <laughs> like, oh, the hunger for the Lord and his presence and him showing up in the room and his goodness, faithfulness, voice in my life, that's, that's imperative. And then Psalms 107 verse 36, it says, And there he lets the hungry dwell and they establish a city to live in. The Lord enabled hungry people to establish a city. That's an invitation. A city is established by hungry people. A city, values, culture is established. Are we wanting to touch our city? The hungry establish a city. 
What an honor. And it's not works. It's our eyes on him. It's an overflow. He fills the hungry with good things, and the hungry establish a city. The destiny and strength of our city can rest on hungry people who get to help establish it. The nature of our city can be established in our hunger. I, the Lord's inviting us. He's, he's giving out favor to those who hunger and thirst. You know, he's the God who shows up at the well. And he's like, oh, you, could, you can never thirst again. Look at this water I have. He shows up at Pentecost. They're in a room. They're waiting. What's he going to do? It's been 50 days. What's going to happen? And he shows up. And it changes the world. Fire falls. It changes the world. They weren't waiting apathetically. They were waiting with hunger. They were waiting with passion. They were waiting not distracted. Like, what's he going to do? He said to wait. <laughs> so, I think there's a grace that we can step into of a new level of hunger. I want to be known as the hungriest people. <laughs> I want our homes to be filled with the presence of God that we can't help but say, you need a touch from God, I need you to come and experience him. Like, our, we are hungry, and the world's hungry and doesn't know it. What are they hungry for? They don't know. <laughs> we know what we're hungry for. We just need an upgrade in our hunger. <laughs> I need an upgrade in my hunger. And he is inviting us to an upgrade. He's inviting us to touch a city. He's inviting us to be those who are hungry that get to affect our city. Hmm. And let, he lets the hungry dwell and they establish a city to live in. I'm just picturing a home where people are gathered and our hunger is tangible. And those girls kept coming up to me and Danielle like, what's going on? I gotta be a part. Picturing a people that have stewarded this hunger to where it's contagious. So if y'all stand, I wanna pray. He's good. He's worthy of our hunger. He's worthy of our hunger. He's worthy of it all. He is worthy of it all. Can we be those horses with no 
looking to our right and left and not allowing distraction and setting our gaze on the one we all love, can we say that we are the hungry ones, that we will gather and you will establish a city. You will establish a city to those that are hungry. Can we be the hungry ones who have our lives laid down? We're laid down lovers that you show us what we are doing. You show us kingdom blueprints. You've invited us in. He's invited us in. He wants to tell us his secrets. He wants to tell us what he thinks. He wants to tell us the good things. He wants, to, he wants us to pull with our hunger heaven on earth that it is in heaven. So if this, is, if, if this stirs in your heart, I want us to pray together, and I want you to pray out loud, and I want us to pull on heaven, and I want us to say, God, make us more hungry. Make us, thank you for us being full. Make us more hungry. Thank you for my food. I want more. <laughs> thank you for your presence. It's, it's not enough. <laughs> You have more for me. So right now we're going to just, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to believe that there's a grace that he says, you ask, I give you more hunger. So if you'd like it, I want you to pray out loud. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you could pray by yourself. Sorry. <laughs> Jesus, we want more. We want more. We want more of you. We just pray you stir up our hunger, stir up our hunger, Father. We just, we just receive the invitation into hunger. Yeah, we just believe that you have more. We believe that you have more. We believe that you have more. We step into, a, step into another level of hunger. We want to go nowhere without you. <laughs> Like Moses, Lord, let us go alongside of you. Stir up our hunger, God. Ignite a fire within us, God. Let us be the hungry people. Let us be hungry people. Let us be hungry people, God. Let us be hungry people. Yes, let fire fall. Let fire fall. Let us hunger and thirst for righteousness. Let flames of fire fall, let 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 fire fall. Uh, Stephanie Gretzinger talks of a church that she grew up in. It's in an old town, and the town is known for a lot of um, witchcraft and stuff. And this old Nazarene tiny church the fire fell, and it lit up. People gave directions by saying, it's the church that there's lights coming off of it. Fire fell. Fire fell. Fire fell. Fire fell at Pentecost to a bunch of hungry people, and the world was changed forever.
God, we lay our lives down. We are hungry for you and you alone. We thank you for you filling us up and we still want more. We thank you for your presence and we just want more. We want to be closer. We want to look into your eyes deeper, Lord. I just thank you for this room of believing believers that believe that anything's possible with you, God. That you have a call and a destiny on each person in this room. And that you are the one who just ignites us. Let us be the hungry ones. I just pray for the hungry that don't even know they're hungry. <laughs> Those that are hungry and don't know what for, God. We just invite them. We make space. We make room. <laughs> mm. Mm. God, we lay our lives down. It's all yours. It's all yours. It's all yours. It's all yours. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.